Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Phil Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. I'll stand for a moment and pray for the awakening in Melbourne in two weeks' time. Julie and I and some of the team will be uh, down there, and um, we're so fortunate to be involved with that. And uh, but we want to pray as a church for our region and for the state of New South Wales and all the states, but in particular Melbourne, as they are <laughs> blitzkrieged in the in the anointing. Uh, not a great terminology, sorry, but as we saturate um, Melbourne and the streets of Melbourne, the CBD, and, and all the people living in the apartments and visiting the cafes and walking through the streets, they did a live video yesterday. And there's so many people just, just, you know, doing life, but there's some people struggling. There's people doing drugs and sleeping in the streets, and, uh, and there's people that just, you know, They don't know it, but they need Jesus. So Father, right now, help me right now, agree with us that we are praying for a move of God's Spirit through Melbourne in two weeks' time with the Awakening Australia movement that, Lord, will capitalize on the open heaven that, Lord, you have provided through the cross of Calvary. So Father, right now, we declare souls, salvation, We declare a harvest, a harvest of souls. People not even looking to get saved are going to run into the presence of God. Their hearts are going to be apprehended and their lives are going to be sacrificially given unto Christ. And Lord, we know that it's possible, not by power, not by might, but by the Spirit of the Lord, there is a harvest and that there is an awakening in Australia, in every town, suburb, in every, every place, every nook and cranny of the nation. Lord, you are reaching. You are desperately, like that song said, your goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life. Even for those people who are not even searching and seeking God, God is about actively, powerfully trying to reach them. So God, we just agree with you. We agree that you wish no one to perish, but you wish everyone to be saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can I get a real hand clap? Real hand clap. Let me just tell you something. Uh, A twirl is awesome. The devil hates that. Uh, A leap, because uh, they went leaping and praising God when they were healed. Devil hates that. Um, devil hates hand clapping. Hand clapping. The hand clap, the devil, he just shudders and he, and he runs. Um, silence, um, it, it can emote an act of defeat when you're silenced. Silent no more. The church is awakening. It's speaking about this immorality and social injustice 
and uh, all this nonsense, um, you know, that, that's happening through politics and, uh, and all this crazy, crazy philosophical views of life. Well, I declare the church is silent no more. And the church is silent no more in Australia. We're going to become verbal, say verbal, and we're going to be like my dash in my car, it's voice activated. It, it, unless I take my hands off the wheel and, and, and get booked for, you know, being distracted. And, no, I've got to keep my hands on the wheel, my eyes on the road, and, and, and I've got to go, uh, what can I say? Destination, please. And then all this, you know, I get this response from my, my computer. It says, where would you like to go? Destination, please. Uh, uh, you know, it's awesome. Or please, a uh, uh, couple of degrees down on my air conditioning. Or I am hungry. Uh, and, and it will give me six places in the proximity of where my car is, Andrew, where I, I can eat. Voice, we live in a voice activation, faith, faith-based um, 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 religion, if you, if you will. Uh, it, it's, it, you've got to activate the voice. Ah, You've you got to say more than, than what you say maybe during the week when you want stuff from the shops. Isn't it amazing how bold you are when you want something? No, I want that. I don't want that. I want that. <laughs> you know, yeah. now I didn't order that. I ordered that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, we're all bold about that. When it comes to the Lord, oh, whatever, whatever. No, just, just pass on by me. Just whatever. Look, I'm happy with anything. No, it's a voice activated faith that God wants you to have. Jesus, right now, I declare people's voices are being activated in this house. Jesus. Fear of man goes. And the saints say, Amen. God bless you. We've had an awesome week. Oh, I've got a great message, man. I have got a great message. Thank you, Jilly. Give a hand clap to Jilly. She had a gardening accident yesterday. I'll give you a hint. It's all right. Just be careful of star pickets when you're kneeling down in your garden. Star pickets will do it every time. Don't you love that? The sound, the sound of, of church growth. Babies born. And uh, Father, we just pray peace. And uh, we just thank you, God, that you are... Look, I just believe, honestly believe, Aussies are coming to the church like never before. But they're not coming to religion. They're coming into a place of uh, the power and the presence of the living God. So I've got a message. It's called this. It's called Upgrading Your Image of God. Uh, can we just say that together? Upgrading Your Image of God. Are we all right with the light? Because a couple of our lights are down. Um, just turn one house light on the back if someone could. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah. We're talking about the nature of God and upgrading your image of who God is. Uh, I want to speak to you about who you think God is. Um, there's a prophetic voice saying that a major shift is coming to the Western church and uh, meaning this, that we need to stop maybe explaining who God is and begin to proclaim 
his nature, his acts, and his glory. Now, when I say glory, there's, there's five dimensions of his glory. One is the presence of God. Another one is the goodness of God. Who's ever tasted the goodness of God? Anyone ever run out of petrol downhill and you rolled into the, yep, yep, I'm seeing that hand, and you rolled into the garage? You didn't run out of petrol going up and you rolled back down, but you ran out of fuel on the way down the hill. I just thank you, Jesus. Or if you're busting to go to the toilet and you just know you've got to go to the toilet and then you see that mirage of the, of the toilet block in the park that you didn't even know was there until you realized in desperate, ah, right, and, you par- and, and guess what? It was open, and, and it was open. It was open. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, you know, I don't know what your God moment is when God's proved his goodness, but I've had many of them, and I thank you especially, Lord, that um, I know the goodness of God preserved me through growing through the 70s and all the wild um, potential uh, grief I could have, uh, you know, could have uh, happened to me. I know I was preserved by the goodness of God. Oh, I've got to keep talking about the glory. Um, so what did I say? The presence of God, the goodness of God, the goodness, the greatness of God, the greatness of God, who God is. I've got to talk about that one through the preach. I'm not going to give any, any clue to that. that that's awesome. Uh, um, uh, the judgment of God, which, look, I, I don't even want to tell you about that, but I will say it's appointed unto man to die once, once only, and then the judgment. And uh, I'll leave the rest up to you to understand what that may mean. And, so, and, and the fifth one, the, ah, signs and wonders. Signs and wonders is glory. When Jesus turned, the, he did his first miracle, and Jesus' mother said, do whatever he says. And Jesus turned the water into wine. It says in the scripture, and, and thus it was unto his, unto his Father God's glory that that was done. So glory was released through signs and wonders. Is it people tracking with me? So when we say glory... I, I think uh, Aussies want to see glory. I think they want to feel the presence of God. They want to see signs and wonders. They want to know how great God is. They want to know the goodness of God. And the judgment, they may not want to know too much about that, but if we powerfully share it in a, in a, in a, in a loving way, come taste and see that the Lord is good, they may come around to the fact that they need to be saved. Amen? Um, and I believe when we share God like that, people will worship God and they will come to Him gladly. They will turn up gladly and worship Him. So um, l- l- let me just say this, that um, we need to have... A, a, the image that God is trying to uh, project to us, we need to grab that image unto our heart and know exactly what, what, what it means. We, un- we need to understand the true image of God, not the image that you have created. Yeah, that's right. Not the image that you have created. The abbreviated version of God, maybe, or my version of God. No, you need to have the full 
understanding of what God is desperately trying to show you in this time of life. It will, it's probably the most important thing in the journey of your life is to understand who the image of God is. Uh, it, will, it will shape you emotionally and spiritually who, Bill, because you're listening, I'll pick on, that's what the school teacher does, picks on the one that's the, Bill, um, and, and oh, there's a few others, let's go, and, and uh, Phil, and uh, it will shape you emotionally and spiritually when you understand the image of God. Some people haven't had um, a revelation that God is Father, Father God. Wasn't that a great series? And we're still in it. Oh my God, so there's more to the Christian faith than the Holy Spirit and Jesus. Jesus is the way to where? Ah, Hear that? Jesus is the way to, before, um, before you might have said, to heaven. And that would have been right too. But we've been making a point that Jesus, yes, you've come to Jesus, but he is the, he's desperately trying to acknowledge the Father and all he is and all he wants to do, as he did when he walked the earth, remember? He says, I can't do anything unless the Father tells me. I don't say anything unless the Father gives me permission to say such things. And he come fully subservient to the Father. Imagine that, Jesus. And he's the Son of God. He's trying to tell humanity, guys, you've got to get with the program. You've got to submit to the protocol of heaven, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and all the great people around your life. The Bible says in Ephesians, we submit to each other out of reverence for Christ. It's a beautiful thing when we submit to each other. So, I, when you understand the image of the Father, that can reshape you spiritually and emotionally. Has it not? Has it done that? It can. It has me realizing, oh my goodness, it's the Father chose me. Jesus, he saved me. The Holy Spirit, he signed and sealed the deal. Amen. We've got to realize the Father's love towards us is so profound that we need to straddle and work through that complication maybe of our own fathers um, and, and authority figures, relationships, where we have chosen to ignore the father, thinking that he's a big uh, authoritative and, and, you know, demanding God. No, he's not. He's a loving, loving father who chooses to love you. He loves you. He enjoys you. He's deeply personal with you, as well as being the almighty God of the universe. You happy with that? It's seemingly like this. When you know God and the image of who he is, like what happened for me in the early 90s when I had been going, Julie and I had been going to church from 85 to 93, that, but we had a Mack truck encounter with the Lord. I just, that actually was called the 
the, that was the name of the, the conference. What was it called? Mac, Mac Truck Encounter. Mac, Mac Truck Encounter. And, and that's why I probably say that. It literally was like that. And I got, we got turned over from our spiritual boats into the vastness and the immenseness of the greatness of God. And all that went with that. And we went, oh my goodness. We can't live this safe little life as being this lovely little family that Julie and Phil were. Everyone loved our family. Oh, your girls are so beautiful. Look at them, look at them. Oh, you people are so wonderful, so wonderful. Look at you, look at you. And, and that was all cute and nice. And I loved being a, a, a worker, a, a breadwinner, bringing the bacon home, so to speak. I loved that, Phil. I was a man providing for my family. These are my kids. These are my trophies. Look at how beautiful they are. So well-dressed, so beautiful, so proud. But God said, you know what? That's awesome what I've done for you, but it's all for a reason that I've placed you in the company of this woman. She's going to cause an effect on your life to get you out of that comfort zone. Iron sharpens iron. She became my Holy Spirit. No, she, she, she became the one that somehow allowed me to find opportunity to break out of this personal space called my world as an introvert. And I realized, oh my God, I can do this when God is this big, the audience of one. And I can stand in front of 10,000 people and not be phased because my God, he loves me. Yeah. Is that okay, Angela? Bless you, darling. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and when you understand the immensity of God like that, it's seemingly then when you are bold, bold to tackle the next phases of your calling and the assignments that God gives you to do. Like when you get married, man, that's, that's, that's hard in some ways. It's awesome in a lot of ways. But sometimes just the adrenaline gets you through that. But as much as the adrenaline gets you through something, it gives you that load, you know, you know what I mean? You go, oh, how do I get through that? How do I have those babies like that? I couldn't do that, I remember. Oh, I'm t talking on your behalf, ladies, not mine. Um, 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 how do I? So what we need to do, and I want to explain to you, is we need to, as we realize that our assignment or our calling is, is going to change, that God is asking us to do more for him, we need a fresh revelation of the image of God. We need a fresh revelation. We need an upgrade of who God is. And that's what I want to talk about through the life of Moses. Say Moses. Whenever we move into a spiritual, a new spiritual dimension of our calling and our ministry, we must take time to upgrade our relationship with God. Did I get someone then? Our calling comes 
at different levels at different times. It is progressive. It's a journey of discovery. I know this to be true. When God takes us to the next phase of our calling, our relationship with him must also change. I mentioned about getting married. But what about having children? What about a new job promotion? Whatever it is, seemingly, you need a fresh upgrade of the image of God. Because therein, the challenge of that, therein is a dilemma that you are realizing your insufficiency to be able to get through that or do that. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we need an upgrade of our peace and rest. You must have read my notes, Andrew Flaxman. We must get an upgrade of our peace and our rest in the Lord. In fact, fully immersing ourselves in God and His peace and His great love for us, rather than getting by on the adrenaline that, that we sometimes conjure up that leaves us flat at the end of the day. So we need to reevaluate our relationship with God at these critical times. And because God, why? He wants us to be confident to negotiate life and to take on new dimensions of life, new levels of life. Two questions required to us on a constant basis are found in Acts verse 12, 37. We won't go there, but what it basically says is, what does this mean? And two, what must we do? As I go into this new challenge, how does it affect my family? How does it affect my circumstance in life? And how best to deal with that situation in God? Because God wants to give you an update of his image, of who he is, but he wants to give you a, 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 maybe a better understanding of where you feel that there's shortfallings in your relationship with him. It's amazing. Look, even through the struggles, as questions you ask through the struggles, God is trying to reveal himself to you. Even in the good times, God is revealing himself to you. Yeah, yeah I'm great. I'm awesome. Yeah, this is good. Glad, glad, glad you got that. God wants you to know he's good. But in the struggles of life, which Andrew said is going to be your dilemma forever and a day on the planet, doesn't matter how much Bible you read, doesn't matter how many, how many offerings you give, you will go through the trials of life and growth spurts and challenges to do and be more for God. Are you going to do it in your own strength? Or are you going to get a new upgrade in who you are in God? Moses got an upgrade. You know the story of Moses, uh, for the sake of time, he's out on the back paddocks of life, tending his sheep. They're not even his own sheep, they're his father's law sheep. Uh, and um, he used to be a prince, now he's not. He's Mr. Nobody. Um, you know, he's just minding his own business. And of course, he has a burning bush experience. Who wants that? Who is that? It is I. Moses, is that you, Lord? It is I. It is I. What's he say? I am that I am. What's, what's he say? 
Frank knows it, he's bellowing it out from the back there. I am who I am, Exodus 3.14. He's having a full-blown encounter with God. Who, me? How could you use me? Yeah, see that staff you got, Moses? Throw it down. Ah, snake. Oh, no. Pick it up by its tail. Pick it up by its tail. Oh, oh. Staff again. That was pretty neat. That was pretty neat. Oh, look at your hand. Oh, my hand. It's got leprosy. Oh, no. Why'd you do that for me? Check your hand again. Oh, it's healed. Yeah, there are a few tricks I could show Pharaoh. Signs and wonders. That's revealing God's glory, isn't it? But, man, I'm not the guy. I can't speak. Apparently, Moses, they tell me, had, had an accident with a hot coal and burnt his lips, and that caused him to have a speech impediment, maybe, maybe. And, uh, and he said, no, not me. My, my, my brother Aaron, he, he's the guy. He can do it. All right, I'll get Aaron to speak for you then. But he takes the assignment on. And that is a full-blown encounter for you now, personally, to do something for God. Has that ever happened to you? Have you had a burning bush experience? Have you had an encounter with God and you've ended up in India maybe doing an orphanage? And you go, yeah, I've got to go to India now. And all the friends go, what? You're going to India, Glenda? What are you talking about? No, no, you stay here. You've got that beautiful picket fence out there. You've got your, you know, you've got your little house and your, your little ornamental stuff all around you. And man, you're not going to India. I've got to go, man. I just had a... But God's proved himself somewhere in that that God will be for Glenda, that God will be for us. Let's look at that quickly. Exodus 33, verse 1. I've got to move now. Then the Lord said to Moses, leave this place. So he's being called. He's basically being called to be a deliverer. He needs an upgrade. You need an upgrade. I needed an upgrade. That's what happened to me in becoming the man of God, the, pi- the visionary leader of this church. I had a serious, can I say, I, can, can, I had a serious upgrade, serious software stuff. Boom. I, fear of man. What happened to that virus? It's not there. Doug, fear of man. Used to be there, man. It's a constant thing. Just affecting every program. Everything I'll try and do. Play guitar. All I was a half decent guitar player like Jeff. Oh, well, he's not half decent. He's awesome. I was, I was one tenth of a guitar. This is how I get out of this. I was one tenth a guitar player of Jeff. And I thought that was half decent. Tim, but I just didn't think I could go public with playing, even in the kids' church, to the six-year-olds. And But when I had an encounter with God, and the image of God became more amazing, I went, I can play for the kids. That, that was my brave exploit, Katrina. You might laugh. But that was brave for me to go down to the kids' church in 1986 at the CLC church, which is the Impact Church now, and play in front of the children. That was, wow. I was thinking myself, what's got into you? How could you do such a thing? You're a closet player. You're not supposed to play in public. What will people think? 
You're not as good as Eric Clapton. That was my mentality. Because I couldn't be as good as Eric Clapton, I refused to go public. Because I had this nagging negative voice in my head. You're no good. You're not as good as so-and-so. You're not as good as Jeff McManus. People will look at you and think, ah, that's crummy. Why would he even try? Then I ended up in Julie's band, playing live at Tamworth with all these stars, Keith Urban around us and, and, and Slim Dusty's daughter being mad at us for being on the stage while she, when she should have been up there and saying, who are these people anyway? That country music stuff, man, that's heavy stuff, man. He's like the godfather, that Slim Dusty, man. Don't mess, he's like Frank Sinatra. Don't mess with him, man. We're playing on the stage at the little Grace Brothers stage in town. What's this girl glaring at? That's Slim Dusty's daughter. Get off now. She's like looking at Jules. She's jealous about Julie. And who's that beautiful woman up there? Who does she think she is? She's stomping her feet like this. Then the Lord said to Moses, 33 verse 1, leave this place, you and your people. So he's talking about being delivered. He's talking about being a deliverer. Leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promise on oath of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants, and I will send angels before you, drive out the, the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. And I will not go with you. Oh, hang on. <laughs> I will not go with you. Well, hang on. Because you are a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. <laughs> this is not going so well, guys. Uh, when the people heard these distressing words, they began to moan and no one put on any ornaments. Ornaments meaning you're pr proud, of, proud of yourself and, you know, you're thinking everything's great. No, put away the ornaments. Put away the ornaments. We're, God, God, for the Lord had said to Moses, tell the Israelites you're a stiff-necked people. Tell the Israelites you are a stiff-necked people. And if I were to go with you even for a moment, I might destroy you. Now take off your ornaments and I will decide what to do with you. This is God saying. So the Israelites stripped off their ornaments at Mount Horeb. So Moses' call had changed. In Exodus 3, it was primarily about bringing Israel out of bondage and oppression Moses as a deliverer. Now in Exodus 33, as you can see, it wasn't about bringing people out. It was about taking people in. And so now God is trying to get Abraham to navigate, negotiate, not a deliverance mentality, but an inheritance. Trying to understand that we're seated with Christ in heavenly realms. There's no longer I that liveth, but Christ who lives in me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? That type of thing. That not only have I been delivered, which is awesome, but now I am seated with Christ, ruling and reigning. So Moses is faced with the same thing. He got God's people out of, as you know, out of Egypt. But now God is trying to share with him another image of himself. It's another upgrade to realize Moses I want you to believe that you're going to take these people into the promised land. Exodus 33, 7. 
He's had an upgrade, and guess what he's doing now? He's doing this. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp, some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. And for the sake of time, he's having this full-blown encounter with God. Aaron's standing outside the tent. There's a cloud, there's fire, there's the presence of God there, and Moses is in this tent and meeting with God. Anyone like that? Does anyone? Anyone meeting like God, like that? In 95, we wanted to go see Rodney Howard Brown, and uh, we said to Julie's sister, at, living at her posh Alambi Heights house, do you mind if we camp in the back of your very small backyard and go to five days of revival meetings during school time. What, you remember 95? It wasn't a school break, Tim. It was during school. Rodney Howard Brown was a revivalist. His ministry was sweeping the nations. It was the laughing, laughing revival. Anyone heard of it? We've we got to get that. We, we, need, we need an upgrade. We had the burning bush. We had the Mack Truck anointing conference. But we, he's, asking us to, he's asking us to go into ministry Start a church in Wyoming. What? I, I need an upgrade. Where's that going to happen? We're going to go to the Oxford Falls, but C3 Brookvale Warehouse in 1995. We're going to take our kids out of school, set up a six-man tent, put it in the backyard, and we're going to go to meetings all day. Three-hour meetings each. Three hours. Three hours. Three hours worshiping God for hours, not, not 20 minutes. No, worshiping God for one hour. And, and you realize, man, I'm not, man, I'm not match fit for this. There, you know, 20 minutes. I'm going, I'm a 20-minute I'm a 20, 20 worship guy. Whew. No, no, man, come on, come on, you can do this, come on. Okay. And after a while, I'm holding my hands up for hours. I can't put them down now. They're just, just stuck up there. Like. <laughs> just, what's wrong with him? I've been in too many worship, revival worship meetings. But out of that five days, my kids had an upgrade of who God was. We got an... I was going to say... We got, and you did too. You were there. We had an upgrade of who God was. But there's more. There's more. Somehow God knew that Moses was continuing this journey of, of making things happen. And somehow he got his attention. He was asking the question. And one of the key questions that Moses ended up asking, look, the burning bush was awesome. The tent of meeting, man, oh, you'd be just happy with that, wouldn't you? Just the tent of meeting. You'd just be happy with that. But now he wanted more. There's a deep desire in each one of us for more. And guess what he asked God? Do you think this is presumptuous? Do you think this is greedy? I don't know. But he asked for this. I want to see your glory, your goodness, signs and wonders, your presence, your greatness, your judgment. Can I see your glory? 
And of course, God says, I can do that. I want to do that. You need to do that. You need this. Thank you, Moses. Thank you that you have responded rightly to my design for your life, your, my purpose for your life. Do you know the Bible doesn't talk about much about following doctrine in the Bible, but it shares a lot and emotes a lot of this one message. And it's this, how we respond to God. Do you know what? You, just one doctrine, your faith in Jesus, of course, one doctrine, soundly understood, but your response to God, if it is right and suitable and righteous, that could be more useful to God in yourself rather than even being a Bible theologian whose response is now measured He's wondering if even the Red Sea opened. Oh, it was really only six inches deep. Cam, really? I mean, come on, that wasn't really a miracle. And Jonah, that was a symbolic thing. No, oh my God. No, it's our response at every turn when God has us in a place where he wants us to grow and mature or take on an assignment that we need an upgrade and a reevaluation of our relationship with God. And when we do, all the anxiousness flows out of us, the stress flows out of us. That's why we try and get people saved. Because if we can get people saved and get them filled with God's Spirit, that anxiousness and stress will flow out. I don't know what's happening. I just, I, I like being stressed. I like being anxious. It's my identity. It's who I am. But I'm finding it hard to do that now. I feel like I'm resting in God. I feel like I've found a place of the rhythm of grace. I'm not reacting. I'm responding to life. That's what happens when you get an upgrade in God. But he wanted more. He wanted more. This mission was a mission impossible. Who's got any missions? Who's any, got any assignments that are impossible? Can I just have a real show of hands? You got, you got a bill? I'm just talking about I'm not talking about you're going to, you know, save all of Central Coast, but you got any mission impossibles this week? Maybe a bill, a health issue, something. Well, this is exactly what Moses realized he had. Have you ever heard someone pray, um, Lord, don't take your spirit from me. Holy, no, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. But in actual fact, the scripture in Psalm 51 verse 11 says, do not cast me away from your presence. I love this thought that maybe the Holy Spirit is with us all the time. Working on our life. Maybe that's the deal. Maybe the Holy Spirit doesn't have to come. But the Holy Spirit is there all the time. 
you're working, I know you're working, get out of here, you know. But he's there, he's around me, he's for me, he's desperately trying to invoke healing, spiritual growth, maturity, great exploits. The Holy Spirit is there right there doing that now. And guess what? You have to work really hard to grieve him and to push back on him because he's just hanging out, man. He's just hanging out. Rachel just woke up this morning. The Holy Spirit's going, great. You're awake. Awesome. Got some stuff for you. Got some downloads. Got some more image of God. Got some more uploads, upgrades. You're up for that? I can show you through that five-minute devotion. What about it? Hey, that's what God's doing all the time. Trying to get our attention to upgrade us. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. I'm nearly done. Isaiah 43, verse 19, music, thank you. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Isaiah 43, verse 9. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Father God, even through my difficulty, even through the blessings, you are wanting to show me who you are, your nature. Even through my difficulties, my aloneness, my stress, my anxiety, my complications of life, whatever they may be, God, you are wanting to show yourself through that. Lord, you are showing yourself through your goodness. I know it. I feel it. I know it to be true. Father God, I pray this. And as Moses prayed lastly, he says, this is all great. I'm loving this. But still, Moses prays, Exodus 33, 15. He knew what he needed. It was clear. He knew what he needed for this assignment this challenge, this predicament. He knew what he needed. And so he goes again for another upgrade. I don't know. You into upgrades? It's funny enough, I push back on upgrades on my phone and my computer. No, I don't want that. It's all good. I'm fine with that. Leave me alone. No, no. Had this Norton program. Papa. Your upgrade now is in serious peril. Your computer is in serious peril if you don't take this upgrade. No, I don't want that. It's all good. I'm happy with this. Your computer is at risk if you don't take this upgrade. <laughs> it's getting pretty serious now. Maybe I need to think about this upgrade. <laughs> so I realize, oh, my goodness, my computer is not um, protected. Uh, yes, I better subscribe uh, $100 to uh, my software um, program. I mean, my, my virus program. God is trying to get our attention. You need an upgrade. You try and, because of your comfort zone, because you know what best, you know your life, you're not willing to go beyond that, you're not willing to take a chance. Uh, but, but God is saying, I've got an upgrade for you. It might be like this. This is Moses' upgrade. Exodus 33, 15 says, Then he said to him, to God, 
if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up out from here. For how then will it be known that you, your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So shall we be separate. You shall know your people and I from all the peoples who are. Anyway, he wanted the favor of God. Let's all stand. He wanted the favor. He wanted the presence. He wanted that sign that God was for him. God was with him. I want your presence, Lord. Let's close our eyes for a moment and say, God, I desire an upgrade to my spiritual life. Lord Jesus, you know the desires of my heart. When I walked into this room, there was a shift possible in my life from my head to my heart, from my soul to my spirit. <laughs> God that created the universe, the God that rose, that raised Jesus from the grave, is here in this church, in this room. Lord God, I want your presence in my life. I want more of you in my heart. I want everything of this world in my life to bow its knee and let Jesus inside of me. Lord, I'm willing to allow you to be bigger in my life. I'm allowing to have encounters with you in the tent of meeting, intimacy with you somehow, some way through the busyness of my life. Lord, would you allow me to meet with you during the week, just like Moses did? Aaron, he just hung out inside that tent. Ah, he's just happy to be near it. The greatness of God. Imagine this. You're peering up at Mount Sinai. Moses is up there. All of a sudden, a cloud. Lightning, thunder, the mountain begins to tremble, shaking, a trumpet blast. God had come to speak with Moses. The scripture says, the greatness of God, the greatness of of God. Lord, <laughs> I can hear thunder. I can hear thunder. I can see lightning. I see the nations trembling, shaking. God, you're sovereign. You're in control. I stand in awe of you on this day of the Sabbath. And I pray, God, 
that the image of you would become bigger than any other image I've conjured up. So Lord, let my spirit respond. Christians walk by their spirit, not their soul, not their feelings, not their emotions. Born again, spirit-filled Christians live out by their spirit in the presence of God. Lord, I pray, God, let me have a serious upgrade right now, here, right now, right now, here. I see you. I hear you. I hear you, God. I hear you. Through the busyness, the clamoring, the the noise, I hear God. I want to pray for anyone right where you stand that needs a reactivation of your spirit to know God, to see God high and lifted up, to know the greatness of God, to believe in signs and wonders, to know His presence and to realize you have escaped judgment of eternal death if you're saved, if you're born again. If you're not, I would love to give a, whoa, I'd love to give a, I'd love to give a a prayer. This is a prayer for you. If you need to make sure, absolutely sure that you're saved, destined for heaven, child of God, you've been forgiven of all your sins maybe this is for you maybe this is for you with all your heart with all your mind with all your soul with all your strength just let's say this prayer together Father God I believe in your son Jesus I believe he walked the earth performed miracles died on the cross for my sin rose on the third day lives at the right hand of the Father and intercedes prays for me every day morning, noon and night Lord Jesus forgive me of all my sin complacency, laziness, wishy-washiness. <laughs> Forgive me of my sin. Come to live in my heart. Make me your child. Let me be your son, daughter. Let me know your voice. Let me encounter you on the mountains, in the valleys. Let me encounter you again, Lord. I need need an upgrade, Lord. I need an upgrade of who you truly are. I need you to meet me where I am 
in this situation? Would you show yourself to me right now? Would you show yourself to me this week? Holy Spirit, fill, bless, fresh anointing. Lift your hands like this, my friends. Lift your hands right now. I'm done. Father in heaven, right now, I pray for a... a, Oh, God, I pray that your Spirit would come upon them right now. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you in all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. great fear for God is with the generation of the righteous therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you and therefore he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you for the Lord is a God of justice blessed are all who who wait on him blessed are all those who wait on him you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you in that assignment. I will strengthen you in those baby-rearing years. I will strengthen you in your marriage. I will strengthen you in your job promotion. I will strengthen you in your health challenge. I will strengthen you in... Oh, yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, in your mind's eye, reach out to the hand of God right now. Reach out to the hand of God. Reach out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reach out to the hand of God. Put your hand in the hand of the one who stills the water, who made the earth. Holy, holy. Put your hand in the hand of the one we hope you enjoyed listening to this message for more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us go to c3talgra.org.au we hope to see you at church soon